I'd walk through the buildings and teachers would like stop me, like grab me by the shoulders and be like, seriously, Santa Labs, it's amazing. How come we haven't done this sooner? Oh right? my gosh. It's just like the excitement around it, it was huge because the kids were so enthralled with the building, with the putting the things together. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. It's a little bit of social work, a little bit of science, and a little bit of passion. The most valuable resource is also their time. It just can't be wasted on fluff. But we have to be able to continuously poll our students and just give them voice. We have to pick texts that are totally going to push their thinking. Hi everyone, this is your host Christy and our guest today is Mike Nye from the Redmond School District in Oregon where he has spent 18 years as a teacher turned instructional coach and now serves as the tech director. I asked him if I could call him Mike Nye, the computer science guy. I've messed with my students for a long time because my dad's name is Bill. Bill Nye, the science guy. When I moved from teaching fifth grade to the middle school and I'm te- I was teaching in a computer lab, I had to get on my A game a little bit because the middle school kids were like, mm, prove it, right? So they'd, they'd Google them, but they're middle school kids. So the first thing they see, right, is gold. So I just would do the same Google search and just read the stats like right off the screen of his birthday, right where he lives. To be clear, there is no relation, but messing with your students is sometimes the only thing keeping a middle school teacher going during an otherwise trying day. I speak from experience. It's all good. You've been able to see the transitions, the growth, the change, you know, through the over a span of years. Honestly, when I came in, I was writing grants like crazy to get some of our first document cameras and projection units and like a smart board, right? Like that's old and part of every classroom now maybe, but I've seen a change from, you know, starting trying to get presentation software or hardware essentially to where we are now and all the access the kids have at their disposal yeah. from a device, right? That's sitting in front of them at all times if, if they want, so. Well, and it's gotta be tricky as a technology coordinator to keep everything updated because technology changes so fast. And just, if you're just even a teeny bit behind the curve, what you've just paid for is already outdated. Yeah. You're definitely chasing your tail a little bit at times. More and more, the tools are, more tools are becoming web-based, right? And less, less device specific. And so you're actually needing sometimes less power, right? To do some of the same things that you were doing before. But it's, it's a lot. We're very lucky in Redmond in the size of our district. You know, we're not so big that it takes forever to start moving the ship one way or the other. Yeah, which is something that you're in the middle of doing right now. So the word yeah. is that you're doing fantastic and innovative work in Redmond. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the tools you're using for that is Sam Labs. Yeah, before we even talk about what Sam Labs is, we started diving into this probably five years ago. And what we saw at the time I was an instructional coach, a lot of the tools that were in the ed tech field were on the screen and it was great, but we saw our kids 
tethered to a screen. We're on this, on this train of getting our students to learn some basic coding, right? And so that was very popular at the time and a very large push, but we also wanted students off the screen a bit. And, and so we started to gravitate towards lots of different tools, honestly, that were a mixture of that coding environment, but also that hands-on creation. So it just wasn't all screen-based. And we were kind of testing and acquiring a product and running it in the classroom and, and paying attention to what stuck and what did the students really take to, right? What did the teachers really seem to enjoy? And we just pay attention and do more of it. But at that time, we were really trying to find a solution for students to have an, an avenue to create, but also have a real reason of why they would wanna learn some basic coding. Why do I wanna make this sprite run across the screen? It's fun for some, but if you get something that moves, you get something that lights up, that makes sound, that can do something, you kind of automatically capture more students. So Sam Labs came to me um, kind of at the same time we were exploring a lot of different products. And that's, that's kind of what we were looking for at that time. It has grown to fill lots of other buckets or other needs that I guess kind of presented themselves after we had already kind of learned about Sam Labs and done a lot of this testing. And it really kind of came to like, okay, these tools are great. Now we need a curriculum. Now we need something mm -hmm. for our teachers to be able to pick up and deliver because it's a lot of work to take these tools and integrate them into your curriculum. Not that teachers can't, it just takes a lot of time. So what we were seeing is we had a lot of silos going on, right? But we weren't having a large scale push anywhere. So students were having different experiences and honestly it was based off geography. What school did you go to and what teacher did you have as you went through that school? And so as we've stepped into more tools and understood more what we need, Sam Labs has continued to be a solution for us. So it wasn't just about learning coding and computer science. It was about mm -hmm. using those things in other content areas and other learning. Right, right. For us to go whole hog, right? To go grand, the, the grand scale to really make an initiative school-wide, grade level-wide, you know, district-wide, whatever, you've, you've got to have that curriculum because yeah. the time it takes to create curriculum from scratch, teachers can do. You have a subset of teachers that do it all the time, but not every teacher, right? Not every teacher. And they shouldn't have to. They have too much else to do. There's, there's, there's a lot going on, and especially if there's any apprehension at all, it takes them out of their comfort zone a little bit to be doing something new. It's even harder to find the time and the motivation to plan something outside your comfort zone. That's honestly, once we started getting wind of the curriculum that they were developing, and we started seeing samples, and where I, I was like, yep. So you guys are doing it district-wide yeah rollout of SAM labs at how many grade levels? Yeah. So we, it's such a crazy story that we're in the state of Oregon and somehow there was funding this summer to run summer learning activities in the state of Oregon. Was it because of the stimulus funds? Yep. Because of the stimulus. And in Redmond, we took full advantage and we, we put together one heck of a summer learning opportunity for our students K through 12. Um, SAM Labs was a really big focus of that K through five. And so we used the, our summer funding to purchase the curriculum for three years for all eight of our elementary schools 
K through five. So they have full access to the curriculum for three years. And then with that, we bought hardware coming out of our nose, honestly, of the SAM lab kits to make sure that there was enough hardware to go with that software. Okay. So what we did is we were running 28 elementary classrooms this summer. We had 500 students this summer running through a summer camp. It was full day and our teachers, it was all about connecting to school again. It wasn't about accelerated learning. It wasn't about skill re retention. It was about connecting to school again and loving to learn and having the a good time, honestly, and trying to get mm -hmm. students to reconnect with us. There were a few academic requirements, but a lot of it was design what's best for kids. Have fun yourself. And what happened is the SAM Labs curriculum became the afternoon for every student. Those, the STEAM curriculum became every student's afternoon through that three-week summer camp experience. So as far as the rollout, what our plan is during in-service week, we had SAM Labs come in and lead a training for our elementary computer lab aides. Mm -hmm. And this same curriculum is going to be a focal point of the curriculum that they deliver in the computer lab. And the reason that we chose them is because they see every student every other day or every third day, depending on the school. And so no one else really can say that they do that in any of our buildings besides our PE teachers, right? And our elementary computer lab aides. So it was our way to make sure that every student had that experience. We mapped it out in our training with them. If they do the entire curriculum, it'll take just over half of the time that they would have with a student in an entire year. So they still have a full half a year to keep doing all the amazing things that they've always been doing. If you're listening right now and thinking, but I'm not a computer science tech teacher, so SAM Labs isn't for me. Not true, amigos y amigas. So we've got that going every day in our computer labs, but it crosses over into the gen ed classroom so well that we have 28 teachers spread out throughout our buildings that taught this all summer. So we're honestly set up to have the computer lab almost be an extension of that classroom. And my dream would be, can the teachers, can the classroom teachers really enhance the science part of the STEAM part of the lesson and then kind of pass it off to the computer lab aid where they're going to kind of take on some of the coding. If you're a gen ed teacher listening and you're feeling resistance creeping up into your heart because tech is not your thing or you're just feeling like you can't learn one more new technology or try to integrate one more thing into your instruction or your head will explode right off of your shoulders and that creature from Alien will emerge from your neck. I'm here to smooth your feathers, my friend, because Mike Nye trained his summer camp teachers on SAM Labs in two hours. Two short, sweet hours, and they were off to the races. As you can imagine, the energy level at the end of the last school year for everyone, right? Just burnout, yeah. tired heading into the summer camp thing okay. and the curriculum is written in a way like any teacher with some experience can look at it and be like okay this is just another curriculum here I go right it was more about some of the hardware some of the the tips and tricks making sure that they were comfortable with you know those hardware pieces yeah and they were and they jumped in and obviously right like we helped out a little bit at the start of, of summer camp but it really wasn't a big lift um kids got to go in and um it was it was amazing uh, and i heard nothing 
but amazing things from teachers. Like I'd walk through the buildings and teachers would like stop me, like grab me by the shoulders and be like, seriously, Santa Labs, it's amazing. How come we haven't done this sooner? Oh right? my gosh. It's just like the excitement around it, it was huge because the kids were so enthralled with the building, with the putting yeah. the things together. There were some ones, right? Some teachers being honest, I was like, oh, we're gonna see how this goes. And there always are. It was, it was so simple, right? Like I love this one teacher I can think of. She's a very dear friend of mine, but she's amazing. She just gets nervous at something new with technology, right? So she had me come in the first day and she had first graders. So these are kids that just finished kindergarten. So they're, they are like six, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh, we got to get them all signed in and connected to these blocks and do the thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. No problem. I came walking in and she's like, well, we got started a little early, but I think they're all connected. She needed no help. I looked around like, yeah, you got it. You're, You're good. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hung out to play, right? Like I'm not going to not play with the kids, but it, it's really easy to implement. Let me ask you this. Paint, yeah. paint a picture for the listener who is still unclear on how to categorize this resource. It's a yeah. K-5. It is STEAM but can be, but has cross content applications. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, it's so, comprehensive, yeah. it's supplemental, it's, it could be either one. I would call it more supplemental. So Sam Labs itself, the product is a series of, they call them blocks and they connect to your device via Bluetooth, a Bluetooth connection. So you can have six of these blocks connected to your device at once. Some of the types of blocks that they have you know, they have a, a motor, so it just spins a little axle. And what there. is a block? It's, I should have grabbed one. It's about, I don't know, maybe two inches by two inches. And it's, it literally just looks like a little a component. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a block. So okay. it'll have a motor on it, or it will have an LED on it, or it'll have a light sensor, or okay. there's a servo motor, or there's a tilt sensor, or there's a proximity sensor. So it's a kit of different sensors. So for inputs and then different outputs. Okay. And what you do is you can program and code all of that to work together. So you, you have your inputs sensing things around you, controlling, and you're then telling, right, something to do. It's similar to a lot of kits of things out there, but really what sets them apart, in my opinion, is their curriculum of what they have going on right okay. now. So, and that's why you chose them over maybe some of those other options. We still have a lot of the other hardware options. We just decided to invest in Sam Labs curriculum because I liked the way that it was written. So the, the curriculum that we purchased is their STEAM curriculum. They do have a learn to code curriculum. So the, the STEAM curriculum is, I would call it K through five. And okay. it is a, I would call it a supplemental resource for your science curriculum. Every lesson has a science tie, mm -hmm. uh, it, but it's not going to go incredibly deep into science. I wouldn't say it would be a replacement of a science curriculum at all, mm -hmm. but it complements your science curriculum. It's tied to NGSS standards, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So every lesson has a science component that then creates the need to learn the coding piece. So then in that lesson, you've got the coding going on that is tied with the science background. Then throughout that lesson, there's a whole iteration process that you take the students through. So they design, they debug, they kind of figure out what's going wrong with their system. They design again, and you kind of take them through this whole series of this design process within the lesson. 
then as you get to the end for the extension, right, they call it, it's really funny. They call them chili pepper challenges and you can do a one chili, two pep, two chili or three chili challenge, right? And the three chili challenge is harder than the one chili. And yeah. it's just a great way. It's self-paced. It's a great way of, as kids get to the end of the lesson, they can choose how they want to extend it. So every lesson is built incredibly well. It's, um, I mean, it's got the vocab, the key terms, it has the pre-assessments, the post-assessments, it has obviously all the slide decks and everything made. They've done it well. Yeah. And it's very easy to implement. In, in terms of a coding environment, it's also intriguing to me because it's a drag and drop. The coding is, is very tangible, hands-on, right? Because you're moving things around. A lot of our devices are touch screens, so the kids are, you know, they're touching that screen, they're drawing in those connections, and it's a very intriguing interface. I think it draws in more students, than, more so than just a block coding interface. There's, I mean, think about my own daughter as an example. She saw the interface, and something about that interface of watching me as I'm moving these blocks around and drawing these you know, the lines to connect it all, that kind of drew her in, honestly. So there's something to that drag and drop environment. Sounds like it appeals to different learning styles and that there's kind of a right brain, left brain appeal to it. What have been some of your favorite applications that you've seen people or teachers and students take and use this? Oh man, honestly, one of my favorite things that we get the opportunity to do is we will go in and help a teacher lead what we call makeathons. And really all we're doing is presenting a scenario. And some of the best ones we've got characters built out right as part of the storyline or whatever. And each character has an issue that they're trying to solve. And the students are in groups and they're presenting a character and they go through that design thinking process of designing for someone else and they're they're use sam labs to create these amazing solutions to these problems if i was to give you an example a, a customer needs a way to somehow be alerted when their when the predator is trying to get into their chicken coop but they also want to know if the chickens are all in the coop at night i actually need this application I'm not joking around. A few years ago, we lost our whole flock, including all three of the Grantham sisters, ladies Mary, Edith, and Sybil, to a demon-possessed raccoon, which is redundant because I'm pretty sure all raccoons are pure evil. So let's see what these kids came up with. So we, we present, you know, and, and we have a whole bunch of scenarios that we're running at the same time. And these groups of students have to start with like, okay, how can we solve this? And they just start coming up with ideas and we basically grab our favorite bin of popsicle sticks and rubber bands and googly eyes and pipe cleaners and construction paper, right? Just like dump it out on the table and say, here you go. Have at it. You can use whatever you want. And these SAM labs, and they have to quickly build and then use these components to also code a system. And so like a very popular one for that scenario that I presented with predators getting into the chicken coop is the students want to set up some sort of like surveillance or they want to set up a perimeter or something. So they'll, a lot of students will sometimes use like a tripwire idea, like on these sliders and they create this whole trip line scenario. But 
the idea is if someone was to touch the screen, it pulls on a slider and that creates an input, which then creates the output of the siren going off and the lights turning on. And so it like sets this whole alarm in this little fictitious farm that they've built out of recyclables and all that, boom, lights up and rah, 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 you know, the buzzer's going like crazy. But they usually do all that in about an hour to an hour and a half max, right? And it's, I've taken the same types of makeathons to adult to PD sessions with teachers and I've done them with high school students, middle school students and elementary school students. And it's intriguing that a lot of the ideas are similar in how the groups kind of attack it. But what you see is craftsmanship. Like the older, <laughs> the older the student or the person, the craftsmanship can kind of go up of the build. Yeah. But the concept is the same, even with our eight, with our like eight-year-olds, right? They're thinking wow. it. They can put these things together. So, I anytime that our kids are creating anything new, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as they're creating. That's when you take a step back and you look that they're smiling, they're engaged, they're right, they're bummed when they run out of time. They they just want more. They're they're always adding to it. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, every time we thrust teachers, students into that scenario, we see that engagement the whole time. You mentioned that prior to using Sam, Sam Labs, prior to rolling this out, it was yeah. a little bit of Wild West. Yep. Teachers were just kind of doing their own thing. Some were, some weren't. And um, so it was probably a little bit difficult to gauge outcomes. Yep. And I'm wondering if you have and because this is you're just now rolling this out last summer yep. but what will be your indicators of success that's a good question and this may seem like a weird answer but i'm hoping that this pays off in the several years in an increase in the number of students who are attempting computer science courses in high school the leadership group here within the district uh we're really focusing on our computer science offerings for our students K through 12. We've really done a pretty deep analysis, K through 12, of what are the opportunities for our students and where do we potentially have gaps and barriers? So we're tracking it with a couple of different things. One is the number of students who are in middle school technology courses. One middle school, we only had 50% of our students take a tech class. And at the other 38% even took a tech class at the middle school level. So we're paying attention to that number. And then we're paying attention to the number of students who are forecasting for a computer science course. We chose to use the forecasting number than, rather than the number of actual number of students enrolled because the more we've looked at it, it's master schedule that limits students from taking what they want, right? So we chose to look at the enrollment data of like, let's see what kids were asking to sign up for. So we're, we're looking in the top three choices of if a high school student forecasted to take a computer science course. We've seen very low numbers, right? And we've mm -hmm. seen very undiverse uh, student populations taking those, those mm -hmm. courses, right? So we're wanting to fix the diversity and the number of students in our high school CTE computer science courses. We know a precursor to that is fixing the number of students that are just taking middle school tech. Okay. So a part of all of that in front of that is, can we make elementary school technology that much better? 
Is there the same opportunity at middle school for integration, for STEAM integration into other content areas? It's much tougher. It's harder, right? right? It's, it's so much harder. So one of our middle schools runs like a true middle school, like a house model, because physically it's set up like that. And then the other runs, I would say, more of a junior high model. Our middle school fix is a larger, long scale fixed, but that's like master schedule type stuff. That's out of my lane. <laughs> I can't yeah. control that very much, right? So what my team and I are like, okay, well, we've got to create the need. We've got to create, right, this flow of more kids wanting to continue yeah. in the middle school and then to, to continue that into high school. If you, an initiative like this, trying to swim this up the curriculum river and, hey, we're going to attach this to science standards and it's a never ending battle and a never ending conversation to really try to break it in mm -hmm. where to implement this for 3000 elementary students, we trained eight people in those eight labs will yeah. teach our 3000 elementary kids that are walking in our buildings. So it was, it made the most sense to us to put all our eggs there to start because they see every kid. Every kid. Yeah, every so I wanted to ask you about that because you said that you got your teachers up and running really quickly. Like you did a two hour training with them because you had to get them going for the summer camp program. Right. But what would that process typically look like? How long does it typically take a teacher yep. to get proficient in teaching and what kind of resources do you have to support that? We purchased two PD days okay. from Sam Labs. Emily, uh, she's amazing. Uh, she comes down and just rocks the world. And are those in person? Does she come in person? Yep. Okay. She, she'll do anything that you need. Okay. She prefers in person, but right, there's different rules everywhere. In that full day training, she walks you through a full lesson, start to finish from that student view, but then pops out and talks from the teacher's perspective. And then at the end, you talk implementation and you share ideas of how you're going to implement into your classroom and the different station rotation ideas. Or And she just has all these, honestly, you know, examples of how other teachers have implemented right? And she can share and it's more of a conversation at the end. And so that full day training definitely set up our computer lab aides to feel comfortable. For, for a classroom teacher that are always living in a curriculum, the curriculum you pick up from Sam Labs is so easy to implement. It's very easily and well laid out. Um, my teachers had no problem picking up how the actual, you know, teacher resources were laid out. You know, Sam Labs, they're incredible to work with. They are always there for us. Uh, anything that we need, they're, they're there and they, I really can't say enough. Like we had some bumps and bruises along the way. Sam Labs was hit and miss of whether it worked on the Chromebook and it was very dependent on the model of Chromebook. And, and so I was, that was, that was a while ago, pre-pandemic. I was surprised they, they bought every make and model of Chromebook that we have in the district and test for their office back in London. And yeah like worked through the exact issues that we were having. Like other vendors go that far, but not all of them do. So they but were just really on it. It's, it's an incredible relationship. They really do care about building something that people will use and that will greatly benefit students. What teachers you would recommend look at this? So is this, should it only be district administrators or instructional coaches or you know, technology teacher, who should check this out? Who should reach out to Sam Labs? Oh, great question. Everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know the real world. 
right? It should be the curriculum directors. It should be the tech directors, maybe the instructional coaches, because they're the ones that can write the checks. Yeah. But our teachers, right? Teachers out there should absolutely be in touch with SAM Labs for many reasons. One, their curriculum is there. It's just online. So if you have the hardware, you can access most of the curriculum. There's components that aren't there that you get when you actually buy the full package, but a lot of it is there. Oh, so you, okay. you can actually go and start getting a flavor of what it is. And Sam Labs has the ability, all of their blocks, you can run virtually. So you don't even have to have the physical component. You can, it's not the same as seeing a motor spin on the screen versus a motor spinning in your hand, right? But you, you still have that access. So it's a great way to kind of tiptoe check it out. I would suggest for any curriculum person that is intrigued in that STEAM space, that computer science continuum in their district. Um, if they're looking for something to beef up their elementary computer lab, um, but also looking for extensions, you know, in that science, in that STEM, STEAM world, and it really does lend itself to just naturally come into our gen ed classrooms with what our teachers are already doing now mm -hmm. without having to really change their plan of the content, okay. that, you know, that they're having to teach. So. so anybody looking to integrate more STEAM should check out Sound Labs. Absolutely. So there you have it from Mike Nye, the computer science guy. You can easily connect with Sam Labs at edcuration.com, linked in the episode notes for your convenience. While you're there, you can set up your free dashboard to start liking, rating, and saving resources of all kinds to continually keep learning fresh and current in your district, school, or classroom. If you're interested in piloting new resources for free, you'll want to sign up for our Certified Ed Trustees program. And if you're looking for free, flexible, professional learning on all kinds of trending topics, check out our Microprofessional Learning Explorations for educators. Classroom resources are included and courses are stored on your dashboard for reference. We appreciate you joining us here on the Ed Curation Podcast, and we'd be so grateful if you'd take 30 seconds to pull us up on Apple Podcasts and leave us a star rating, it helps other listeners like you find us and learn about all the important topics and fabulous resources discussed on the show. If you have a topic or resource you'd like to share on our podcast, just reach out to us at edcuration.com. <laughs>